0: I splurged a little bit. I got a lox bagel sandwich for breakfast and then a rainbow roll for lunch. <laughs> I'm like-
1: Oh, so much fish.
0: So I, uh, well, yeah, weirdly I, I'm, two of the things I tend to crave most, sushi and um, uh, bagel breakfast sandwiches.
1: Well, don't, don't get pregnant cause you can't eat fish.
0: <laughs> Ooh, oh yeah. 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 which
1: for me has been okay like i'm not the biggest fish eater but you also can't like have deli meats and like you know during the holidays everyone has like their meat and cheese boards with like the crackers and like um hmm. the salamis and the hams
0: oh i, I go hard <laughs> so on Sharpu- I, yeah. no
1: i could eat that like for me it could be a meal so like once this baby pops out and gets evicted like that is <laughs> i want like the doctor to like d- don't even hand me the baby like <laughs> hand me a charcuterie board because during.
0: The holidays it's been kind of
1: like tough but no I, else, maybe I'll, he'll come for christmas so I'll be lucky
0: okay. I'll try not to sound three sheets to the wind tonight while we're recording uh because I'm a bit uh overloaded uh uh dietarily I uh, was wondering what what choice of word to use there and not induce vomiting on behalf of the listener <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh <Yeah>. digestively <laughs> I don't know
1: it's okay. Like, you have to give yourself a little slurge day. And that keeps the cravings at bay, I think. And maybe not for everyone. But for me, like, if I try to deprive myself of something for too long, it it never turns out. So it's better for me to allow myself a couple of days to like, have what I want. Um, oh,
0: yeah, I the I'm the worst when it comes to that. You know, you you tell me I can't have something. I mean, it mostly is just with food. Uh, that's just my thing. I, I'm okay with, you know, doing without uh, that re- referring, maybe you recall the Idina Menzel musical. We both like uh, yes, a song called uh, yeah. If the, uh, you learn to live without uh, I, I often think back to that song in many mm-hmm. contexts. <laughs> That's good.
1: Stuff. I still like listening that from time to time. I don't know if they're doing it anywhere anymore or if it's just like become one of those musicals that like communities can kind of buy the rights to and do locally. I'm not sure, but I haven't, haven't seen yeah. much of it. But it's one of those that I can always go back to and re-listen to. Like luckily, um, yeah, I feel it's like one... it was written just for her voice. So I can't really <laughs> picture like a lot of other people pulling it off, but there's probably someone Ooh. out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to go out and look for your Edina anthems and uh, collect them. Got to catch them all like Pokemon. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if if you're missing out on any of those, uh, search for If Then, because you might find an obscure one, because I imagine, yeah, that uh, Broadway show might not have the most um, vibrant life on the community theater circuit, if at all, but maybe so. And if so, that's really all the action I'm sure that that play is getting since it closed on Broadway. It only ran ran for like a year.
1: Uh, yeah, they did it out in California as well. You got to see it out there, right? On the West Coast?
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, Ran in California, or ran in on Broadway for a bit. And then it did a tour and that was pretty much it. <laughs> I saw, I saw oh. it in New York and in L.A.
1: Oh, twice. Well, we'll have some more Adina Menzel soon because it sounds like a third was announced. Or not announced, but like confirmed. I don't know the difference between announcing a movie and confirming rumors of a movie, but there's confirmation somewhere out there.
0: Well, there's rumors of Frozen 4. Uh, So (laughs) I'm taking that to mean that Frozen 3 is a lock.
1: Good, because I need money. <laughs> I work in the princess industry, and I we're talking about Wish tonight. Obviously, I don't know when we want to hop into all that, but oh, I wish yeah. your wish would be the I don't know the holiday Frozen movie of the of the year. I was a little disappointed, but I don't want to focus too much on the things I didn't like. But but yeah, I'll I'll be excited to see Frozen three and four. You know.
0: We I, I just did the 10 year anniversary podcast with Laura. And I mean, it's a totally different world from 10 years ago. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I listened to your guys's episodes. I love Laura and I love well, I love you, too. But like, it's it's cool to hear her insight about. Oh,
0: geez. Yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm.
1: The movie, because that one's really affected her life as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's a new landscape. And I know that. I don't know. Some people feel like this movie is kind of scraping the barrel. So I'm curious what you you think.
0: The business models for everything. Now, we're in the subscription and streaming kind of zone when it comes to all things consumer nowadays. Mm-hmm. And that has its benefits and it's, uh, you know, very unfortunate drawbacks as well.
1: Yeah. A fun, like, benefit is you get... With streaming, some super fun spinoffs that you might not have seen in theaters. Like, for example, I don't know if you watched the Squid Games scripted series when it came out, but right now they just released like a Squid Games reality TV challenge also on Netflix. So like one of the pros is, I mean, you get to access so much content, but one of the drawbacks is like, wish.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've been hearing about the Squid Game reality show. I, I did enjoy the series on Netflix, the, the dramatic, uh, K, well, uh, K-drama, I guess you could call it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the, the impact on D- Disney's theatrical output, s- post-COVID especially, since they started really, well, Post Disney Plus, post I mean, the two were hand in hand and uh, Disney Plus exploded on the scene due to everyone needing something to do during lockdowns. And uh, since then, it has really kind of changed the paradigm of how Disney produces and distributes its content uh, and perhaps uh, n- maybe the more cynical view of their films as mere contact content has permeated uh, somewhat uh, more prevalently since that time, especially uh, amongst their more prestigious arms like the Walt Disney Animation Studio, which we're discussing today, or say Pixar, which had the unfortunate distinction of having multiple of its films releasing exclusively to streaming uh, It was as if. For a time, Pixar was making, you know, made for TV movies, essentially, if you consider streaming, you know, just another outlet for, uh, you know, television content, which isn't the case. Those movies were meant to be a full theatrical level scale, but they just happened to be released exclusively on streaming. Uh, what, What were the ones? Soul. I don't think that saw release in theaters, correct?
1: um i don't i yeah. i watched it on streaming i watched a lot of the movies in the past like four years through streaming like and i know luca isn't necessarily like
0: luca, one yeah. year,
1: but at least for me that's where i saw them premiere um, exactly and i didn't seek them out in theaters for this one i definitely did because it was a princess movie but um same with Encanto. like i went out of my way to see it in theaters but a lot of families and also just with the economy like they're they're choosing to stream it you know Uh,
0: turning turning red you know debuted on streaming Uh, i mean yeah if these movies ever saw theatrical distribution which i can't recall offhand i'm not going to check now but pixar really got the brunt of the you know direct-to-streaming fallout uh they did uh you know they would have been just very very limited runs um and then encanto uh you know it it got a on theatrical rollout however only like a month later it went to streaming um and then uh you know raya that that was kind of height of pandemic era um so that premiered on uh what what year was was that i, I gotta I look feel like that, that was
1: up. maybe 2019 when raya maybe it was 2020 but
0: i thought i saw that okay that was 2021 i did go oh, to 2021 like- Wow in a theater um i saw that
1: one in the theater as well i really liked it this Mm -hmm. this one this heroine asha kind of reminds me of of the raya type hero so i saw some similarities between the two
0: yeah i think this movie had a somewhat disappointing opening uh box office and you know it's take for what it's worth the imdb ratings uh but you know it's it's pretty low it's the lowest it's at like 5.9 right now I only yeah because it's here Uh, it's
1: hard because I feel like Disney for this one something they got really right is like I they put her in the parks like before the movie even premiered they dropped a lot of merch for like the holiday season like we my nephews we went to the movie together I got them like the plush wishing star from Target like Disney really amped this movie up because I remember when it was first announced they're like this movie is going to explore how like the iconic wishing star came to be. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Because, you know, wishing star is this huge part of that Disney world of magic. And anytime there's like a princess movie, the potential since Frozen and even Tangled has been like huge for my industry just because we do all things princess. Um, So I felt like it was it was pretty hyped up, like really, really great marketing for this but I kind of looked through the reviews before going, not necessarily like just the IMBD, but I'm in a lot of like Disney family groups or like Disney fan groups. And like the words that were used are kind of just like uninspiring, lifeless, predictable, forgettable, you know, programmed, Uh, which is kind of a bummer because I always want these movies to thrive and there's lots of good nuggets in it, but yeah, the reviews overall have been a little harsh
0: um i mean it comes from uh a bit of a contrived premise of wanting to do something special for the 100th anniversary uh yeah i mean so it's like yeah where let's see what what do we want to do to celebrate the disney 100th anniversary and and it's good that you know some of the key things that the studio is doing around this time are animation related because that's how the the company ultimately got its start was in animation um you know and now it's you know it makes most its money i believe through its its um kind of leisure outlet you know it's um you know vacations and parks cruises i i don't know if they're, they're different like You know, like it's a conglomerate, you know, a business Mm -hmm. conglomerate now, the Walt Disney Company. So I can't remember exactly how it's currently structured, but like parks and resorts, I think, are its own branch. And I think it's its own, uh, you know, unless they've rolled in, you know, um, consumer products as well or something. But like, you know, I think parks and resorts together are the most lucrative part of the Walt Disney company um, you know over like the media and film division Mm
1: -hmm. and a lot of those things it's tapping into the nostalgia which this movie I mean one thing it definitely had was a lot of easter eggs and like historic references sort of like a bonanza of that I feel like there were a lot of easter eggs I missed because I wasn't necessarily like watching for that but that's definitely fun for maybe like the older viewers when going into this movie is, is trying to see like, if they can find Peter Pan or Bambi or, you know, the references to fairy godmothers. So they did, they, I feel like they tried with this movie. It just kind of fell flat. Um, even something I was really excited about with it was going to be this style of animation, sort of that middle ground between 2d 3d sort of like spider verse trend. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I, I, I thought, thought it was a good choice. Yeah, well, I
1: thought it was cool. I like, like the watercolor is really gorgeous. It, the lighting and the character animation, like I, I thought all of that stuff was really good. Um, And I haven't seen that in a Disney animation since like, I feel like Lilo and Stitch, honestly, but but mm-hmm. it is becoming more and more of a popular style, I feel like in other like non-princess realms of animation.
0: Yeah, um, you saw them developing... You know the more watercolory computer animation uh, aesthetic back in in certain shorts. Uh, I know, I think I've frequently referenced on the thoughtcast. This I almost forget to intro the show. Oh. Uh, this, <laughs> no, 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 this is great. Uh, the the thoughtcast conversations about animation. It's totally uh, great to have anyone listening here uh this far if you're still listening this far uh you know and and uh and my name is philip elke the host of the podcast today i'm joined by jody uh and yeah uh, we have a fun time here talking animation
1: and hopefully they've realized we're talking about wish (laughs) the newest uh disney release
0: wish uh yeah in the episode title and description um from the 60-second animated feature from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Uh, of course, uh, on the podcast, we don't just talk about animated films necessarily, but also blockbusters and certain, um, you know, visually spectacular cultural artifacts, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, anyways, the uh, this aesthetic that I've referenced on the podcast, uh, the watercolor or or cell shaded i guess um you're making a a wireframe cgi model a 3d model uh, look as though its texture has been hand painted um you know dates back to like that Paperman short film Mm -hmm. from disney or or feast or if you more recently saw um the chip and dale rescue rangers uh disney plus movie did you see that jody
1: no, I didn't see that one, but I saw like trailers and teasers for it and I thought the animation looked really cool. I mean, I feel like it's trendy. I, I honestly wish they would go for like a more classical aesthetic if they're gonna do like this big one hundred year anniversary style movie, but I know a lot of people are really liking this.
0: Yeah. Isn't- well, it, it was it is a unique look. Uh I, I have my issues with it, but um i i believe it was the perfect choice for this film frankly because you know i i thought it felt kind of safe I, I think the visual style uh to me it it is not an elevation of the you know sort of standard you know what has become the standard cgi disney aesthetic that kind of began with tangled just uh you know mostly realistic yet still exaggerated to kind of have those classic disney proportions uh you know this is is certainly much more trying to emulate that you know the classic 2d style from you know i guess the the original disney shorts uh beginning with steamboat willie you know all the way up through uh i guess winnie the pooh in 2011 was the the most recent feature uh length film from walt disney animation to be animated in that traditional hand-drawn style uh you know frame by frame animation um this you know wish um i think it it incorporates some of that uh because i I know, um, Disney does have interns currently working for the studio and, and probably, you know, full on employees who do specialize still in the hand drawn frame by frame, uh, sound animation. Uh, but you know, it's use in this film. I'm I'm trying to think if I recall any specific examples of it being used. I do have this article here that, um, has some nice photos and, um, jody can see my my uh mm-hmm. magazine from the subscription to disney or d23 the disney 23 magazine here yeah uh, and i yeah. i
1: really liked as far as character design with with all of the you know the goats and the stars and asha um and king magnifico um I thought it was really good. I just think overall, like the color scheme to me was almost like too muted. I think coming off of Encanto, like I wish everything would have been a little more bright and vibrant. But maybe with watercolors, that doesn't quite or what? What do you call it? Um, cell.
0: Uh, yeah, cell shading. Cell um, shading.
1: Like maybe it's a a little more nuanced, um, with the colors. I, but yeah, but they, did, they did use two D effects, like with Magnifico's magic. And and several of the scenes, and that was really gorgeous um, when, wow. when you would see that come out.
0: And the textures here seem more realistic than, um, say, Nimona, because um, N- Nimona was originally supposed to be more of the, you know, realistic um, texture mapping from you know, your you're, uh, Tangled, Frozen on up to, well, mm-hmm. the, the previous, stu- fil- previous film that that studio that did Nimona, uh, well, formerly known as um, Blue Sky, uh, it has been since shut down by Disney, it used to be owned by uh, 20th Century Fox, uh, acquired by Disney and then closed after the release of Spies in Disguise. So just think of you know how, how the characters looked in that very clearly CGI you know, style. And then you know, going from that to Nimona, and, and that I think was somewhat of a, a budgetary consideration. Um, and I think you, you do save on rendering when your, um, your character models aren't designed to look quite as photoreal um as you know some of these other films like you know frozen like um what was the latest Encanto, for example or raya Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's a different look um i and to me i i think it just it looks a bit cheaper look more tv more like a video game kind of um
1: yeah it it started out strong for me but by the end i was sort of over it so i think the newness of it is what was kind of pulled me in um, and just, like, overall, this isn't so much the animation thing, but I felt like something they could have done is had more, like, changes in venue and environment. Like, there wasn't a ton of different scenery. Like, compared to Encanto, when she's kind of going on her journey, Mirabelle, or Moana, you know, sailing the ocean, I feel like they didn't really push the limits as far as, like, places that these characters went. Because, like, they're primarily within this kingdom Mm -hmm. or they're over by a tree the parts that really stood out to me as like visually stimulating would be whenever they were encountering the wishes um the wishes themselves and then when when he was using his powers but other than that like the scenes weren't very compelling just overall just like the places she would go and like the the things she would see like the character like I said the characters looked really great but the they weren't going anywhere they weren't really You know, seeing the sights like I feel like in other movies they do. Like Frozen, she goes up the mountain, she's down the mountain, they're by the water, they're in the castle, they're all around. And in this movie I felt like they were kind of constricted. And maybe they wanted it to be like that. They're stuck on this little island where they give up their wishes and dreams, which I thought was a very weird premise. um, Because when I was 18, I definitely, first of all, wouldn't have had my lifelong wish, but I also wouldn't have given away my wish in exchange for maybe it coming true. i thought the i thought the plot was kind of strange i don't know uh
0: i i i liked what they came up with you know with kind of the constraints they were given uh you know considering that context i i thought you know i was overall pretty pleased with it i i'm glad this movie exists because it, it kind of hits a lot of the right notes
1: to me i can't really imagine people immigrating to a kingdom to remove their wishes. It just felt like a little illogical and bizarre. I mean, my nephew's for they they're four, like they they went along with it, but I was like, wait, wait, I thought the plot, I just thought the plot was gonna be a little bit different than than what it was. It felt just kind of bizarre. Maybe that's just cause I can't relate to it. Like I would never give up my little wish. And also, like I said, my wish at 18 versus now at 31, like it'd be a very different wish. Do you know what I mean? So. I don't know if they're incapable of making new wishes. Like they kind of just have this one big dream, but mm. it seemed a little like a counterintuitive and bizarre that this was how it worked in the kingdom.
0: I mean, there's a lot they have to get through in the. I mean, I would describe this movie as mercifully short. <laughs> it's an hour and thirty-five minutes with credits. Uh, so I'm I'm glad they didn't take too much time to belabor the setting and you know, whole uh, backstory, yeah. Uh, Rosas is the island in the Mediterranean. Um, King Magnifico is a sorcerer and he lives with his wife, Amaya, in the castle. I don't know, have they ever had kids? Who knows? Probably not. I don't know,
1: but I, I really was excited to see Chris Pine and I thought he did a really great job with the character. He also was a prince in Disney's rendition of Into the Woods that came out maybe a decade ago. And I thought, I thought he was one of the more exciting characters. And if I could have had more screen time for the queen, I really thought she was an interesting dynamic as well. Um, But yeah, it it was a fairly short movie and almost all of it was music. It felt like a lot of music for the length of the movie, which was fine with me. I'm have a feeling, sing about it, have a bad thought, dance about it. To me, that's, that's fine. Um, And I thought the music was okay. it wasn't Lin Manuel Miranda, but it was, it was all right. I heard that the per, the songwriters like they've worked with Justin Bieber and Demi Lovato and and things like that. But it wasn't like Alan Menken, Elton John, you know, the yeah. the true yeah. Disney, I guess, to me.
0: It was Serviceable. I mean, the yeah, Julia Michaels and Benjamin Wright. I think Julia Michaels, you know, her musical career dates back to even being a a background singer on. Demi Lovato's rendition of Let It Go. And uh, Rice, I mean, he there's no relation to Tim Rice, who's a Disney lyricist, long time with the studio. Uh, but he, yeah, he's a music producer um, and, and, yeah, worked with certain pop acts over the years. So, yeah, they they wanted... Fresh blood on this film, Um, you know, centering around the 17 year old character Asha is supposed to reflect what a 18 year old girl would wish for in her life and and her deepest, like innermost uh, concerns. Um, Yeah, they wanted they wanted it to be relatable. You know, the idea of like, you know, your wishes changed over the years. I guess that's kind of important so that, you know. In this uh, film, you know, once you make that wish at 18 in this kingdom, you've, you know, you're forced to forget that wish uh, in with the promise that, you know, there's a chance it will be granted one day. Uh, but I guess you're you're free to keep on making new wishes as you get older. Yeah.
1: I mean, overall, the citizens seem quite like content and happy. It's not like they're enslaved to this, you know, wish coming true. It's sort of like they get a little holiday once a month to celebrate someone's, you know, wish coming into reality, Um, which which is nice. I mean, honestly, it doesn't seem like a bad place to live at all. And I think in one of his songs, he's like, I don't even ask you to pay rent. Uh, So they they live there for free, I guess, in exchange for their wishes
0: it's a utopia yeah. You know, yeah is it once a month that a wish is granted i
1: yeah it's yeah yeah like
0: it is yeah
1: periodically he well at least in the movie like oh like to cheer everyone up he was gonna do like an extra wish ceremony but um it sounded like it was sort of a once a month thing which in a place that big if you're only getting 12 wishes a year which hmm. I don't know, like, would you trade your biggest wish for free and like happy, calm, safe life? Like maybe that isn't the worst trade-off I've ever heard of, you know?
0: if so I didn't uh, have to pay rent? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I thought that was such a weird <laughs> thing to say. Some of the movie, I felt like the characters, it was kind of like millennial and like Gen Z slang. Like the way they spoke wasn't super classic. If that makes sense. Just some of the lyrics yeah. in the song. But maybe maybe that's also just how it is now. I know like in Moana, they mm-hmm. do a little bit of that too. But um, Asha herself, I, she's a lot like Anna, her personality. She's kind of like Rapunzel. She's that like quirky, did I say that out loud um, kind of girl? Which is fun, but also can be a little tiring. I hope their next character has a different personality style not the millennial quirky style um it's fun but i i wish they hadn't done it with her i wish she would have been a little more i don't know stoic or something but but she was very much like um not dorky but you know what i'm talking about right she had that millennial quirk.
0: (laughs) you know the the phrase they use is that she cares too much (laughs) she and she brings that up during her interview uh she'd be a great podcaster (laughs) yeah uh, Yeah, overshare too much information, probably just like, uh, yeah, a bit um, neurotic.
1: (laughs) Like the words sort of spill out and she's some type of tour guide in that kingdom. So she has her little job and she lives with her mom and her grandpa. And how sad is this? I think I already forgot, like what happened to her dad? Did he just pass away?
0: Right. I don't know what killed him necessarily. I don't Uh, think they
1: did a huge backstory but but he's the one who sort of encouraged her to look to the stars and the star character even though he doesn't really speak that was my nephew's favorite um it kind of reminded me of the like Teletubbies just this weird squishy shape that kind of bops all around but
0: yeah it's a face on a yeah yeah I guess uh you know, I'm from the initial trailers that I saw of this, um which I didn't scour or anything i I was only vaguely familiar with the character going into this, yeah, the star I mean, it resembles the um, <laughs> the nihilistic star from Super Mario Brothers movie the blue blue oh, star yes. that
1: constantly yes I didn't about. think of that,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, reflecting on you know death and despair, (laughs) Um, but but in a very cutesy, childlike manner, (laughs) you know, this this star character from that Mario movie, one of the highlights uh, of that. But uh, um, this one, this star doesn't speak, uh, which I couldn't have told you based on the trailers. I thought maybe it did speak in the trailers. Uh, it uh, (laughs) yeah, non non nonverbal, and had it had a voice it maybe would have been a bit odd having such similar characters in both the mario movie and in this film now and of course uh, the entire i mean it's in the title uh, you know puss and boots the last wish uh you know the, the wishing star is is a key feature in that film as well it's kind of odd you know star starlight star bright i wish i way i wish i might uh mm-hmm. Have this wish. I wish. I mean, it's it's quoted um, in in Pinocchio, where the whole "when you wish upon a star" um, motif of the entire Walt Disney Company began
1: and they reference i mean shooting stars before every single disney movie when they when they pop up that logo and there's a star going across the screen so it it is a cool thing to explore a little bit i actually had hoped the star was going to be sort of like a jiminy cricket character sort of i thought it would speak i thought it would share its little wisdoms with everyone but <laughs> valentino the goat ended up being the chatterbox um, and I, I liked him a lot, too. I didn't really like the voice. I wish he would have been more of like a cutesy character. But I really did like the goat and a lot of people. I mean, my nephews, I'm saying like a lot of people, but the the Christmas toy is that goat and that star. A lot of kids love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they chose an adult voice for this goat, which I think is supposed to be a youth goat, a kid. Um, a kid.
1: Like, mm-hmm. the
0: article. <laughs> yeah. Which is I I'm glad we didn't get another flounder or you know a kid I I don't know I mean um you know when it comes to like child sidekicks uh, you could do a lot worse than say flounder uh, are there other annoying kid sidekicks in in Disney movies think of whenever I
1: think of sidekicks I just think of like Timon and Pumbaa but I mean there there's quite a few of them that don't talk when I think of like pascal and sven um olaf is a grown-up he's a sidekick but he's also like a character
0: i, I like know,
1: yeah. i don't know if there's a lot of kid ones actually now that i'm scanning my brain
0: kid voiced yeah not not really uh but yeah i mean, i was kind of hoping to hear like danny devito you know if you wanted to have a, a reference bring him back as a an actual goat this time instead he, of a goat he
1: man. did hercules right he was the centaur
0: selectities the uh yeah, the, half the, goat um satyr oh yeah satyr or, or i fond.
1: don't know satyr
0: yeah you know whatever you want to call it um and yeah the you know the fact that they the, the the whole you know kingdom and the weird rules and stuff like uh magnifico I, i'm guessing you know int- introduced as a sympathetic character or like you know not uh, we knew he was the villain going in he was marketed as, as such but uh, he's comedian. sort of like
1: a villain in this in the sense of like tangled with mother gothel which for little kids i think it's a little complex that the villain starts out as nice. I mean, as an adult, I, I like that, but I do think for kids, it's a little confusing. You know how Mother Goth was like, I love you. I love you more. I love you most. That's kind of how this king is. And then he has his, his power, his ego trip, his power. And I, I liked his songs. What, what was it like? Thank you for sharing. Oh, pfft. see, I've already forgotten these songs, but I liked his, where he's singing about the wishes. I thought that was really cool. And then his sort of, yeah, at all
0: well, yeah, at all costs. But I mean, your your first clue is like he's the the uh, omnipotent ruler of this kingdom. You know, that's check number one. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly, he's been using magic to you know keep, preserve his and and the queen's youth for who knows how long, right? Oh, yeah. Because the grandfather. Yes. You know, he made his wish, however many years ago, right? Hundred, um,
1: well, not a hundred years, but decades and decades ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he was, you know, a more um, just just still an adult or something. I, who knows how how long ago Rosas was established? I I can't. Remember. I mean, this movie does begin with a storybook narration, uh, kind of a classic Disney feature that doesn't uh always uh, you know isn't always the case nowadays especially
1: yeah it was more so with like Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Snow White they did the storybook opening and I like it but I don't think it was necessary for this movie
0: (laughs) they wanted to bring it back I mean it, it was obviously you know the the most classic version of it in a modern uh, film would be Shrek, where it's, you know, oh, yep. it's shredded. Uh, you know, comedically. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, they they literally use it as a toilet paper. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it makes a triumphant return here. Uh, of course, yeah, I kind of treated satirically a bit in the Enchanted movies as well. Um, sort of Disney's own take, I, I would say on you know, a a Shrek type of story. Um, But yeah, in the, you know, the kingdom of Rosas, you you have this omnipotent ruler, Magnifico. And if he's using power, you know, just even just to, you know, prolong his life, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> that you know what other temptations will that power bring and then he's he's holding custody over all these wishes and it's just like of course he's gonna turn evil at some point
1: <laughs> yeah no one can resist that temptation
0: he's uh i mean i i my immediate yeah i uh thought was like he, he's this tech bro you know he's got these wishes and they're like nfts and you know e- eventually he's gonna yeah try to buy some you know like elon musk he's gonna you know buy a, a major uh you know, social media platform, and everyone's gonna, uh, <laughs> it's gonna turn into a trash heap because uh, companies are gonna stop, uh, you know,
1: believing, advertising. yeah, advertising.
0: Well, yeah, because, because he says, you know, hey, everyone's welcome, everyone's free. And then all of a sudden, yeah, a bunch of crazy, you know fascist groups start taking over the <laughs> the platform that, could be, that and, yeah. could be
1: the next disney movie starring elon i'd watch it
0: well and that's magnifico even yeah he is. there's
1: similarities there for sure i didn't i didn't think about them until now that you've said it but
0: his uh reason for not granting savino uh, is that his name the, the grandfather's wish is um it's dangerous you know, it could be dangerous the the inspiration you know uh sabino uh wishes that he could inspire a generation with his art with his music
1: and the fear being it could be a revolution it could be this like outlandish outlandish thought that rallies the people versus like for him i mean he was thinking of a song that would just like touch everyone's heart you know
0: so, so uh, yeah, Magnifico has got tyrannical tendencies from the get. Uh, but I, I do enjoy seeing his tra- uh, transformation throughout the film. That was a, an important ev- uh, element of this movie's development where they wanted to return to a classic villain. You know, people have been clamoring for it, you know, with kind of the more recent trend of, you know, more relatable of uh, antagonists in Disney films uh everyone's uh screaming you know give me a real villain yeah. <laughs> and uh and they're they're trying to deliver but also you know give a twist of you know showing the progression of how this character became the mustache twirling villain
1: yeah and you know what really early on too another warning sign was he wanted Asha's wish to be the best assistant to the king ever or something along those lines he's like my wish is that your wish would be to be my best I don't know what she's applying to be but my best assistant like that I've ever had and she's like (laughs) he ends up kind of captivating one of her friends though that that was a plot twist I didn't expect is he was able to turn one of her friends into kind of a clone of himself Mm -hmm. and chase her off during one of the scenes so the power is really limitless. It's not just like super strength. It's it's true magic, which which she also ends up possessing as well with a, with the magic wand at some point. I think
0: uh,
1: she gets some sort of magic. I uh, don't know if the magic is just to grant wishes or if she can use it in the way Magnifico can to you know control different aspects around her.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's the you know. He gets the wand, you know. He has a a wand or staff, of course. And then she, eventually, at the very end, you know, there's the kind of cl- one of the clearest homage, I would say, to uh, another Disney film. Um, you know, she the the star grants her a a, a wand, right? Uh, was there another one somewhere along like my recall of specific plot details is kind of fuzzy because um i i saw this what tuesday monday i think i and we're recording a few days later so yeah i uh uh i'm i'm not totally clear on everything um and i was off off kind of um synthesizing a lot of thoughts on like you know what is the broader significance of, of this movie like what are they trying to trying to say or my
1: mom came out of it and she's like oh that whole movie was about evolution and I was like what <laughs> I I was like what she's like yeah like we're all made out of stars and out of stardust and and I was like oh, are you sure like that was the theme of the (laughs) the movie? So, I mean, I was sort of searching for a broader thing. I did not get to evolution, although I can see where she pulled that from with, you know, the theme being we're made out of dust or whatever. But what did you take to be like the overarching?
0: Well, it's just the thought constantly spiking in my mind was like, this is a movie that was sort of, engineered in reverse (laughs) they they needed to just make the most sort of uh, quintessential disney fairy tale story possible and so yeah what elements do we put in so yeah it's just the the grab bag sensibility of this film is kind of what i was trying to process but also the fact that it did a lot of things right you know technically like it lampshades you know the the cynicism with like yeah the this you know ty- tyrannical ruler he's becoming corrupt because of his greed because of his cynicism because of his you know uh, just his uh, flagrant um, yeah it was, it was fun to to see him just being so mad with with uh, with power. power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's, you know, people uh, cast that criticism at, you know, major corporations and Disney. And, you know, they're just out to to take to, you know, to rob their customers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to call it out when you see someone else doing it, but you can see it happening just on the individual scale all the time. When we started recording, I told you that I started watching the Squid Games Challenge, which is like the reality TV, TV spin-off on Netflix right now. And, um, even in shows like that, these people go from like scurrying and scared and you give them like one inch of an advantage or one type of power, like, Hey, sir, you get to choose the order, you know, for the next game. And it's kind of scary how quick and easy it is for that to go wrong. And just so quickly, even with the nicest people. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do if I had the ability to, I would like to say, oh, I would just give give everyone their wishes back. But I think until you're in those situations, sometimes you don't know how you will react. No one's ever given me unlimited power of anything ever. So I don't know. But, but yeah, I liked watching his transformation. I liked that they gave him like the green eyes. That was very classic. I kept thinking of the villain from, um, oh man, Aurora's villain.
0: Oh, the witch, uh, no, yeah, Robinson. yeah, it's like a male he left
1: and the scar. How they get those green eyes? There were lots of little moments like that that I caught, and I mean, somewhere online, somebody made a list of all the Easter eggs they found, and it, it was like countless, like hundreds. I I didn't catch that many, but
0: sure. the
1: green eyes I did.
0: Yeah, the the power madness. You know, this um, the sheer uh contamination Uh, and and Mm -hmm. it blinds people you know you can't even see your own faults when once you've just gone once you've opened the book
1: (laughs) once you've convinced yourself that you know what's better for others and that like your opinion you know you can convince yourself oh I'm doing this actually to protect everyone around me and by me making the rules actually everyone's a lot safer you know, you can justify things really quickly in your own head, especially if you're, I mean, he's kind of in his own little echo chamber. Everybody worships him, praises him. His wife doesn't really stand up to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I can see how <laughs> you'd flip like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he saw himself been...
1: as a good guy, you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh, the queen of Maya is always portrayed as sympathetic, but I mean, yeah, once you, turn magic into this like really codified thing I, I mean i just think the the mechanics of you know reading from a spell book and trying to um capture take command of you know of a of a certain kind of ethereal power uh immediately puts you on this you know ooh uh you know <laughs> just uh how far can we push this thing? How uh, how much greater can we optimize? Uh, you know, it's it's the formula, you know, that that Bob Iger, you know, developed under his I mean, I you know, hate to make uh, magnifico out to be an, an obvious parallel for a figure like Bob Iger. <laughs> Uh, or even Eisner. I mean, his career followed a, a similar trajectory with the, the Walt Disney Company. Um, but yeah, they they build these amazing things that you know need to then become kind of uh, serialized or um, codified, you know, f- formulized into um, a repeatable uh, result. Uh, you know, a uh, shall we say like you know, a a guaranteed outcome.
1: How ironic that I feel like this movie was just a reflection of that in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like the movie is what the movie said. In a way, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like programmed a little bit.
0: Pretty programmed, exactly, exactly. And I I love that about it's so meta <laughs>
1: yeah you said that you said that in our chat as we were trying to set up a time to talk about this and I was like it very much was and is um, but it,
0: and of course it still costs 200 million dollars to make
1: right I was curious if you knew I don't know how much back digging you did on the story of this movie because I hadn't really started hearing about it until the trailers dropped and once they dropped I felt like there was marketing everywhere but is this something they've been working on for like Ten years, or was this a shorter project? It it did feel like it was fast tracked, like it hasn't been a passion project. But did you yeah. find out much about the process of bringing this one together?
0: Yeah, 2018 was when they started kind of hashing this out in earnest, uh, and then you know, I I think it's really started taking form after like Frozen two and and Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. I think were some of the main originators of the idea of, like, we got to do something special for the 100. Um, They brought on a few collaborators. um, And uh, I guess the test demo, the sort of demo reel with the uh, initial concept of the character, Asha uh, was her journeying into the world of Pinocchio, and having this kind of CGI rendered character walking around on the streets, uh, you know, the watercolor background, you know, streets of uh, Italy, uh, 18th century or 19th century Italy. Is that 19th century? I guess 1800s, right? Is when Pinocchio set the, the Guillermo del Toro movie set during like World War One, but I think that's sort of um, an update on the original. Or was it World War Two? No, it was it was uh, yeah, it was the whole uh, friggin um what's his name the the italian guy from world war Two. Um, um i'm blanking right now
1: i'm blanking too but i really liked that version so i feel embarrassed <laughs> that i don't remember yeah, up-
0: updated for
1: uh <laughs> too much sushi in the brain otherwise you'd remember it
0: uh okay <laughs> Mm. it should come to me why is it hasn't it not come to me yet mm. this is the the strangest strangest thing um and now mr ockrey or oh,
1: not mr ockrey who was yeah our, no
0: he would mr. be he would be extremely be disappointed,
1: disappointed, in disappointed
0: in you <laughs> um yeah what whatever i am <laughs> so um yeah the she she's walking around in the original P- pinocchio film and um, that would be just yeah silly to to have this, um, kind of vignette, you know, Bill and Ted style characters jumping around from film to film. Um, I guess it would be fun to sort of Benito Mussolini, Mussolini. Benito Mussolini, Duh. um. <laughs> uh <laughs> he was in the movie uh great great film uh, Guillermo del toros pinocchio um yeah it's the, the the thought of seeing those classic styles in in a modern film would be a fun nostalgia trip, but kind of a cheap thing as well um you know how nostalgia works like you, somebody suggested you know have you seen like world of color recently or some of those shows that at disney uh at the disney parks
1: yeah yeah we were there not super long ago i didn't see world of color i I think they might not have that going right now but but i I know like
0: well ads that play or commercials or trailers that sometimes premiere in front of these things now these yeah yeah how does that work? Are they trailers or?
1: Um, I'm yeah. trying what to do they think... I know that they do it in Hollywood studios before they do that big show on that theater, but I can't even remember who or what it was. If it's just like, Oh my gosh. Pregnancy brain. No, I... But I know I've seen it. I know I've seen like ads coming up before things or next to things within the parks or before shows or, things like that
0: and and that just feels kind of cynical when you're doing it in for these um spectacular
1: it breaks the mood it really breaks the mood and even with little things like it's so silly but at disney obviously they have popcorn stands everywhere and like it says like brought to you by pop secret which is a brand of popcorn and even (laughs) that for some reason just feels like Come on, like, let me escape. <laughs> like, let me uh, I want to pretend, co- obviously, I'm in the biggest corporation that could exist. I'm in Disney. But, I, yeah, it sometimes feels like a cheap little money grab when they, they throw stuff in like that.
0: Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex.
1: Yeah, like that kind of thing. Or, I um, it's a small world. It's like, they have a, a sign for Simeon. It's like some type of electric company, I think.
0: Oh, well... I mean, back the first time I visited Epcot, the Spaceship Earth was sponsored by Siemens. And then, yes, of course, yes. you, the, the Snickers, you know, Siemens. Oh, a great.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, a German a cool thing.
0: But yeah, seeing it plastered all around a Disney park is kind of, yeah, sus. Um, but what was suggested for like this, if you really wanted to trigger nostalgia in sort of like a promotional, context you just play this
1: coming soon to theaters
0: doesn't that just strike a certain emotional co- yeah mm-hmm. that's millennials we remember those old vhs ta- and
1: no that it's stuff like that that really does pull you back and even I would, ryan and i were talking about how this time of year the mm-hmm. best things are sort of the nostalgic things like for example the Hershey Kiss commercial has probably been the same since we were little where all the little Hershey Kisses are bells and they're like ding da, da, ding 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 like they're little ringing bells and I'm like I feel like that's that's the stuff that works the best at least for me and I don't know if I saw if I heard coming soon to theaters like that gets my attention really quickly and it taps into a part of my heart that would be different than now streaming on hulu plus (laughs) you know
0: that that nostalgia is i mean there's just something primal about it and the problem with that is it means nothing to today's you know gen z gen alpha uh you know you play that clip that audio clip of the announcer from the old vhs tapes well someone who's never watched a old disney vhs tape isn't going to have no response. It's going to be like, what's this weird thing?
1: And it's, it's odd because for the longest time, probably until I spent more time with my nephews, I just figured that, you know, the new incoming generations would have their own versions of that. And which I'm sure there are, but what we were talking about earlier, you know, with, with streaming content growing up for you and I, if we had a VHS throughout our childhood, we probably would watch it, you know, over and over multiple times but my nephews being so young, if they've seen a movie or like a YouTube or a TV show, they don't really want to watch it again because there's so many other things for them to watch. Do you know what I mean? So like we saw Wish, they I asked them if they'd want to watch it again at my house. And they said, oh, no, we already saw it. Whereas like we had the repetitiveness of these like physical, you have to have this physical VHS that you rented from the library. You'll probably watch it five times before you have to return it. Or if your parents were rich, they'd buy you a VHS. But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know for these generations what has been repetitive enough to really create that deep, deep mark in their brain. Because from what I've seen, at least with these little ones, is like it's new content because there's just so much content. Do you know what I mean? Like, will they have something similar to coming soon on VHS? You know, I don't know.
0: There's so much disposable content as well. But of course, you also hear about the kids who will, you know, watch a movie every day. They watch Encanto every day for a year. Frozen, and like really little kids, like they can't get enough of certain things, you know.
1: Frozen for sure was like
0: that. Uh, so so I think there's also a flip side. To, I guess there'll be certain artifacts. <laughs> um mm-hmm. the,
1: I hope so, because it's grounding. It's grounding to have things like that in your brain, I think,
0: yeah. i I guess we all have those things like that that we just return to over and over again, whereas with most things, the vast majority of things were like one and done
1: mm-hmm.
0: but but I don't we're think... seeing a difference now with the modern generation as to how that's being invoked,
1: yeah are they
0: gravitating less towards like a feature film for example
1: the only thing that i'll say is that the only thing i notice with kids and i i work with a lot of kids they're all like younger Is like i don't feel like kids have the attention span for movies anymore and like they're they're super content with like movie shorts like with frozen even like the younger kids like they know a lot more about the shorts than the actual movies because i i feel like parents like the attention span is shortening i'm not trying to be negative but i don't know i sometimes worry like i shouldn't worry i shouldn't be like a doomsday about it but i kids have a very short attention span now i don't th- think there's a lot of kids who could sit down and watch snow white at age four or five
0: yeah i mean but they,
1: they must have things like you said I, I just don't know what they would be they'd be like coco melon or like the shorter the shorter things
0: yeah those those things are really you know blueies like the most popular thing ever right now mm-hmm. um, you know that's a a big uh, boon for disney i imagine uh streaming on disney plus uh, but like it, kids will it, it it sucks to generalize we do it way right
1: generalize. i don't like doing that i don't like saying like oh you know but you know what they will do they will listen to the same songs over and over and over and over and over again because that's like a two minute
0: sure. situation
1: so like they do know all the words to the Encanto songs they do know all the words I am curious you know once Wish is streaming if there'll be more of a positive like result we haven't had anyone in my realm of work ask about her yet Asha or ask about that movie yet but it is still kind of new and I I, did you saw it in theaters like was it a full theater was it an empty theater
0: I think yeah, I was the only one. I mean, it was a Monday afternoon, so not a popular time to be seeing movies. But yeah, I I briefly mentioned disappointed at the box office. I didn't give a number, and I actually uh, only heard like secondhand. Okay, yeah, thirty-four million opening weekend. Uh, It was hoping to get you know well above fifty domestically. uh, Right weekend uh worldwide opening was 51 but yeah the 200 million dollar budget that's that's pretty paltry you know these kinds of movies will last uh, longer at the box office especially in the holidays people just trickling out to with families and such um so elemental was a similar thing where that gradually gained steam as well so we'll see yeah we'll see
1: and And the naysayers online, like, you know, the really harsh feedback, sometimes those are just the loudest voices. I do think a lot of people really liked it and saw something in it, but only time will tell if it's going to be any type of classic. I mean, Mirabelle, people are still raving about her, Moana raving about her, but like Raya kind of fell off the radar. So, two years from now, we'll do a little check in and see if kids are wanting to dress like her or have their hair braided like her. And what kind of impact she made on them? Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Well, this has been a fun little chat about, yeah, something (laughs) that just doesn't quite have the same magic as you know we've maybe hoped. But it's coming off of like the most disappointing uh, theatrical outing for a Disney animated film ever with strange world so i think uh expectations were understandably tempered for for i already
1: forgot that movie existed so yeah yeah Yeah.
0: only one week after trolls uh band together and how how did that one do let's see trolls band together uh you didn't happen to see that did you
1: I haven't, but again, they did some good marketing with it. I, I know all about it. I just haven't watched it. They brought in the in sync nostalgia to pull people in because they're some of the boys. Jo- Justin Timberlake has always been one of the voices, but I think they brought in the whole band for this one. How did they do?
0: <laughs> uh, opening weekend only thirty million, so slightly less uh, than uh, than than Wish. And I don't know, th- these numbers posted just on the front page of IMDb are, I think, referring to the Friday through Sunday grosses for each of these films, Wish and Trolls, uh, only domestic, you know, which is U.S. and Canada grosses. So 30 million for Trolls and then for Wish, it was um, 34.5 million Um Maybe everyone's saving
1: I mean. their money to see Willy Wonka. Who knows? <laughs> With Timothee Chalamet or whatever.
0: Um, I, I, yeah, so, so neither really making huge waves. Uh, but yeah, odd choice to kind of have consecutive, very similar target demos releasing back-to-back weekends. And one of those being Thanksgiving weekend with wish uh, I, 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 in the context of today's cinema landscape, Wish was like the perfect encapsulation <laughs> that I could ask for from, from Walt Disney at, at, at this moment, I, I could have, you know, I would have wished for something more like, a, a fr- but even like Encanto, it's like, eh, it's like, yeah, it's just, I kind of see the formula.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so so give me something that is acknowledging the foreign that's what i love about
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but your meta experience you got it and (laughs) i mean if disney could make a comeback from like the movie do you remember um home on the range
0: oh yeah yeah that was yeah if they can if
1: they can come out with tangled like a year later like i'm never gonna give up on disney like I don't think this movie was a flop. They're going to be up and up again. They just need to dig a little deeper in their heart um, and come out with something good. Otherwise we'll just keep waiting on frozen three and maybe Mm. that'll fund the bank so that they can bring in even more talent. Well, I don't think talent was lacking. Actually. I take that back. There was no talent lacking in this, but maybe just a little heart and soul.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Of course, frozen three inherently very derivative. In fact, that it's the, third film in a series in a franchise but you know there, there'll there been a lot of uh trilogy cappers well now that we know this this isn't really uh going to be uh, a signal of a trilogy this frozen three prospectively it's it's going to be part of you know a saga or film saga yeah um, yeah you know, on Toy Story 5 and it's just like oh boy uh, all these very yeah clearly originality is in short supply um, and then Wish you know fully or- original story and it's being kind of um, raked for its lack of originality unfortunately but I I, I don't know it's, it's fine I think it'll go down as sort of a dark horse um, cult classic amongst fans and you know the music will have a certain resonance um you know amongst fans of of this style of, of disney musical um i i i you know that that song um her, her main song my wish isn't that what it's mm-hmm. called yeah uh, the songs
1: are the songs aren't bad they're just not that hummable and not that memorable
0: uh this w this wish uh and uh, at all costs plays it's funny because the lyrics seem tailored to work as a pop song if you've lived listened back to it um Hmm. chris pine i haven't
1: listened to any of them independently of the movie i haven't like gone through the soundtrack um
0: okay i i was listening to it just before coming on you know and and uh pine chris pine He's singing to the wishes in this song at all costs. And it almost sounds like he's singing to a lover.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could definitely see that because he's I think the the vibe of it is like, I'm here for you. I'll protect you. I'll care for you. So I could see how you could independently take that and and have it be your first dance at your wedding or something. I don't know. But yeah, like a, a pop song.
0: Poor Queen Amaya. I mean, you can already imagine all the online shipping going on between uh, Magnifico and Asha. Uh, what what, 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 is, what is the name of that ship? Uh, Jody, help me out. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Ash, Ashifico?
1: Ashifico Magasha. magasha. I, I am not one to ship people, so I would not be the best one to turn to for that. But either way, it's going to be a mouthful because neither of those names for me flow off the tongue. Well, Magnifico. Yeah.
0: Ash, Ash Meg, Meg, a- <laughs> I don't know. Uh
1: we'll have to check the online threads on Reddit. I'm sure somebody's thought of the perfect the perfect name.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, weaboo watch um oh wait, not not weaboo. Waifu. Waifu watch. Uh waifu wish list. <laughs> uh Jody, do you know what a waifu is?
1: Uh uh-uh, uh like a wifey
0: kind of um I don't know what is it it's it's like an anime term you know anime fan like uh uh acute or attractive oh
1: you know, now fat, that you say female. that yeah I have heard it I have heard it and if you put it like in a context I would have gotten it yeah
0: yeah uh so you know uh as sort of uh an enthusiast for the the film frozen Elsa to me is is a bit more of like a waifu so so yeah that's like you know I I see her as a crush as much as a uh an inspirational figure (laughs) more so an inspirational figure I don't think
1: you're alone in that actually I think when the sequel came out and she took the braid out and she's wearing the white dress a lot of people like feel the same (laughs) but I hope they never ever give her a love interest we can all just have a crush on her
0: yeah, so so I would say she's my number one waifu uh, in any animated work. Uh, but uh, are there some that come close. No, uh, <laughs> of course, Asha's seventeen, so she's not legal. Uh, not
1: no. quite, and but but she is really beautiful. They they. This is probably the last thing I'll say on it. They did do. I mean, Disney's obviously been pushing for diversification and all of that, but. I think they did a a good service having her. I I don't think she's supposed to be like Latina. I think she's supposed to be black. And I I really liked that they let her have her hair, you know, braided and that more natural like hairstyle that black children will see. And like, and so there were like lots of good things about this movie with representation.
0: And, and understand, you know, it's, it's set in the Mediterranean. So you kind of have a a sort of melding of, all, all kinds of different cultures. Oh, kind of
1: yeah. I, when I was watching, I was like, where did all these people come from? This is the melting pot because, like, one of her friends was Asian, one is white. I mean, they don't really actually talk about anybody's color or anything like that. Um, it's, a, me, but it's yeah, quite it's, the mix.
0: It's okay. It's a very broad fantasy. Like, the yes. article does refer to a specific time period, say, like, um, 200 or so years before. Um snow white is maybe supposed to be set kind of the late middle ages is kind of when wish is supposed to be so you know 12 1300s um you know, mediterranean uh so so like in this era uh th- there's not a lot of recorded history you know it's Still developing quite a bit. I mean, there there's a lot of history that dates back to to this time, but it's, you know, it's not supposed to be super specific and it never is for any of these fairy tales. Um, I think uh, Snow White, that's what, 1500, 1600s Germany or something.
1: Mm-hmm. The only way I know where these people are from is based off where the characters meet you in Epcot when you go around the world. <laughs> so that's where I try to figure out what country they are. Or kind of you know, loosely based on
0: snow white it's probably earlier than that snow White, I mean, it's yeah, but um of course, yeah the, the and a very explicit um establishing of a character that would be featured in Snow White, and then you know, the Cinderella as well, it's <laughs> The whole idea of like people taking this and saying it's an origin story for characters in these other Disney movies uh, is not the point to me, because I I think it's it's just these are emblematic of those characters. They're they're not literally no literally a prequel to Disney's 1937 Snow White or Disney's 1950 Cinderella.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I think they're just supposed to bring upon... You, yeah, like at the end, where there's Peter Pan, like that's not supposed to be Peter Pan. That's... Right?
0: No, right. no. It's its own thing, Wish. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do a shared universe, that was best done on the internet with Ralph breaks mm-hmm. the internet. <laughs> Uh I don't want to see any connections beyond that. Uh, other than you know direct sequels or or direct spin-offs, you know if if you're explicitly, um, or, you know what what are some explicitly shared, you know, people tangled and frozen, but I would dispute that. The
1: only one that I feel like is confirmed is when you watch Hunchback of Notre Dame and he looks down in the, at the city. You do see Belle walking with her books. So that's I, the only time I've seen, th- oh, and I suppose in Frozen, you do see, well, you don't see her face, but Rapunzel is walking through the kingdom on coronation day. But I don't yeah. know if that's been confirmed either. I, just, I, I think those are the only crossovers that to me, I would probably believe in because of, of the, of the images, but any other like fanfic kind of together thing i don't i don't usually fall for those they're fun to read about but i i don't i like the, i'm like you they all kind of exist in their own
0: yeah story. exactly you know until you know if they introduce you know rapunzel or flynn in frozen three it's it's pure speculation and conjecture uh and and pointless <laughs> mm-hmm. um, did
1: you ever see uh, we i i didn't know if you guys did an episode on it already but um once upon a studio where they kind of let all the characters play together and interact
0: oh that too yeah that that's another i didn't i haven't movie.
1: seen it honestly but i i know that the they all come popping out and they're talking to each other but I, again that might be a little bit like ralph breaks the internet like yeah did you, did you see it
0: Yeah, or it's kind of like Toy Story in a way. The animated characters coming to life um, and their reason for coming together on this specific occasion is to take up a portrait uh, for the 100th anniversary. Um, Yeah, I I did see it. Uh, Lots of cameos, lots of characters. um, Just kind of a, a tribute, a love letter to the studio. Um And, yeah, kind of fun to see certain characters spot. Of course, you can't. It's a, it's a short film, a nine-minute short film. So there's only so many um ways you can work in a lot of these fan-favorite characters. Um, I know, like, Paige O'Hara makes a cameo as Belle. And, um, I don't know if they got James Woods in the studio to record a line as Hades, but he has dialogue. Like, I don't know... Yeah. Well, uh, clearly some of the re- recordings were archival because they sounded. You know, some of the uh, recordings you know, just sounded sort of degraded. Um, but uh, they they definitely got certain actors to come in and record new lines for this as well. And I don't I don't know how that was delineated necessarily or what kind of clearance. Be they would
1: On my uh, list to check it out and kind of. Hear it and see it for myself because I've been meaning to, and it's only nine minutes. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> but
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, did they use AI to? <laughs> to yeah, well, you never know the tricks that they pull nowadays. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's worth checking. I it was weird. It was hard to find on on Disney Plus. It wasn't oh, like really?
1: really. You'd think it would be the first thing that would have popped up for that month because I. I remember seeing it all over social media. People were sharing it, really excited about having the characters come all together. But then I, I didn't, yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't watch it right away. I, I think it premiered like in middle of October or something on Disney Plus. Uh, so it maybe has just since disappeared from the homepage, and I I missed it while it was there. Um, Disney, Once Upon a Studio release date and this is gonna be a total food bar because it took six minutes to load the okay october 16th i guess on disney plus i totally missed that and just heard it recently or just saw it recently um this wasn't another benito mussolini situation though Thankfully. Ugh. um okay well we'll we'll start wrapping things up here. I, I you know, I don't want to get, I didn't want to get too heavily into spoilers, but yeah, the whole like, um, oh, these characters are these characters. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. those are just Easter eggs.
1: Yes. <laughs> They're just like little, little references and fun things for us to, to watch for. And I mean, I'm sure I'll watch this movie again and I'll have a little more fun seeking those things out. Um, once, mm-hmm. once it hits streaming again, but, but for me, I don't know, I'd give it not that we are here to rate them, but I'd give it like a seven out of 10. It's a cute holiday movie, but that, that, well, it's not a holiday movie. It's a cute movie to see this holiday season, but that's kind of it for me.
0: Yeah. Where are those moments that really, you know, punch you in the gut? Uh, I don't know. this. Yeah. um, I mean, I was, I was impressed with like how far they push things even with Encanto, you know, should the, Abuela loses her husband, you know, it's like you get you get those moments, uh, those sort of Mm -hmm. um,
1: shiver moments where you get those little goosebumps.
0: I mean, similar, similar culture. Um, (laughs) What was it called? Not Encanto, the the Pixar Dia de los Muertos film. Um, Coco. Coco. Yeah. the titular Coco, the the moment with her in that film, um, so you y- you still you know have the this uh, you know this target that you're aiming for <laughs> with these films. <sighs> what what was that with this one? Uh, it, there really wasn't a moment like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there was kind of an interesting moment. Oh, I guess if you stayed through the credits, you get. Uh, did you stay th- all the way through the credits?
1: I watched the bulk of the credits. What I remember seeing was just like sparkly images of past movies. Was there a actual scene at the end that I missed?
0: San Vino is playing um, When You Wish Upon a Star on his guitar. Did you see um... that?
1: No, but I love that. That's very sweet. I loved Sambino and I loved his dream. So I, I didn't realize that there was a, and it was a trailer or was it just him kind of walking around on the credits?
0: post credit scene.
1: Okay, well, missed it.
0: Yeah, I guess trailer, technically that is a trailer because that's uh, you know, the reason why we call them trailers is because they were placed at the front and at the end. Of film reels, <laughs> so uh, so if it comes after, or if it comes before, that's that's a trailer. Um, let's see. Uh, I, oh, the moment where the music kind of evoked "Let It Go" when when the star has to finally bid farewell. The soundtrack kind of I don't know. There were there were some notes that were eerily similar. And that actually goes from When You Wish Upon a Star, like a a, a musical homage to that song, and and then into Let It Go, as if, you know, this is the wishing star and it's time to let it go. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a neat little moment, Uh, perhaps somewhat contrived as well, you know, trying to reference previous works.
1: I didn't catch enough of that, but I I could hear sometimes in the music that things sounded familiar and that they were drawing from, from older things. But yeah, I, I think my pregnancy brain kept me from really soaking, from being no, an really no, no. engaged watcher.
0: Same here. I mean, I, I just, yeah, there were, I, I wish I had seen it more than once before doing this. Yeah. My, my voice is fading so uh so apologies if i'm sounding kind of dry right now Uh, i don't think
1: we're doing we did very well today i mean neither of us have the cold or flu or covid yet so let's just count our blessings that we make it through this holiday season without anyone getting disastrously ill
0: i'm trying to uh up my game you know i i want to you know (laughs) <laughs> like right now, mm. um, but the less I have to force the listener to endure my Benito Mussolini brain, uh, <laughs> Benito brain, and uh, what what would the, what's the emphasis on that uh, formally? It, it's supposed to be like, isn't it Benito or Benito? Uh, <laughs> who knows?
1: I'd probably say Benito, uh, but I,
0: I think. <laughs>
1: uh come. <laughs> We'll have to reconvene and and take a census at our homes because I'm really not sure.
0: Um, I think yeah, based on this, the emphasis is on the knee, uh, Benito. Benito, Mussolini.
1: <laughs> There's a reason why I didn't take any foreign languages, and I just speak English. I was never very good at at tones and emphasis and rolling the tongue and yeah. bars. <laughs>
0: The the only way you learn this stuff is if you actually use it and if you're kind of immersed in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I we we
0: both took two plus years of Spanish in high school and <laughs> retained yeah. very little of it, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't I could read it, but but with names especially, I'm I'm always a little unsure.
0: Uh, I, I our, can't speak for you, yeah.
1: Yeah, even with our last name Violet, people are will like say Violette or because Vi- it's v-i-o-l-e-t-t-e and mm. the way that people pronounce it sometimes is so fancy I'm like you're doing too much like you <laughs> settle down like you know it 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 isn't what you think it is like it's technically French but but, but yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, no right. wait but give it a if you had to give it a rating one to ten I know we don't usually do that oh
0: anymore, yeah but- oh gosh I mean yeah it's a it's a six or a seven Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I but but I uh, clever. Uh, it's it's still still got some Disney classic cleverness. Uh, to its conception and construction. Um, uh, you know, screenplay by Jennifer Lee and um, more What's her name? Adriana Moore. Um, and let's, let's let's get this here. Allison. Allison Moore. Uh, Chris. Chris Buck co-director on frozen uh Mm -hmm. co-director here with well uh, um co-director as in the two primary directors sometimes they'll tack on a co-director credit as sort of like a a junior director but yeah the the two directors on this film were fris buck and fawn Vera sunthorn who's worked on other films in the uh I think in the art department. I, I think she's she's kind of in the art and animation, uh, yeah, story artist. So uh, head of story on Rye of and the Last Dragon. So that's like storyboarding and animatics. Um, yeah, just fleshing out how everything is going to, um, you know, flow from scene to scene. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jody uh violet <laughs> or, and, and yeah like it's it's sty- it's spelled like the french spelling so i don't know if i should say it just like violet
1: i say it violet i just say it like the color but i've yeah. heard all all sorts of yeah ways to pronounce it um but it kind of you know when you're in america and you pronounce your last name like that it feels I don't know. It feels like you're doing too much. It just feels like I'm trying too hard. If I was like, "Oh no, it's Violette," I don't want to do that. I, whatever people say, they can say.
0: Yeah, yeah. People kind of can do whatever they want with their their own names, but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. You know, my mind's confusing. It's Elke, spelled E H L K E. Yeah, it's if I like... didn't
1: know you my whole life, I don't know how I would have said it. But obviously, mm-hmm. I, I I know how you pronounce it.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what it means, but it's like, I mean, when you hear that, you you think he's alcoholic, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it's just like you're describing, oh, <laughs> he's an elky, you know, he's, <laughs> he. But uh, then you
1: see the spelling and it, it doesn't look anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't
1: look like the word alcoholic at all.
0: Yeah, I'm a little, little too uh, heavy on the drink, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, it, isn't the case for me, but know, yeah, I have my own vices. believe me mm.
1: we all do, but yeah, this was good catching up, and hopefully some of the other movies later this year are worth talking about. I'm kind of excited about I guess the wonka movie i I did see um the Hunger Games, which you guys already wait
0: oh, oh have... we 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 didn't do i I really enjoyed that latest uh ballad of songbirds and snakes uh was, yeah.
1: If, maybe we'll end up catching up on that one or kind of see what comes out. There's a lot of things I've been keeping my eyes out for on the streaming services end. and um, so we'll kind of see what what's up next on the docket as the crazy month of December gets started. We're just one day in, so we have time.
0: November went in just like a, a flash. I, there was no- I November. couldn't
1: believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that today was December 1st. Um, I can't tell if that's wonderful because when time is passing fast, it typically means you're enjoying your life, but it's also kind of scary because you're like, Oh my gosh, another month gone.
0: It, it's very paradoxical because novelty um, does tend to extend time because, because you're experiencing something for the first time. And usually that's a good thing. Like if you're experiencing, you know, having new kind of novel and on um, uh unrepeated experiences, you know, it's, it's a way to develop you know, or cultivate a bit of a richer life in many ways. Um, but yeah, when, when you are sort of in a flow or just kind of there's also going through the motions, but, but yeah, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Um, I think
1: it's the, it's the holidays too. Whenever you have like an end cap or something where you're like looking forward to it, I don't know if you had maybe family come up or what, what you ended up doing. But I feel like that sort of countdown also makes time go quicker, uh, whether you recognize it or not. But sort of like, oh, one more week till Christmas or whatever, you know, that expedites things. Oh. Except for when you're a little kid, because then each day is incredibly, incredibly long because you just want to be to the end goal. So I don't know. Time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> time. We could do a whole episode on time. Another yeah. time, not tonight.
0: <laughs> to tie it back to the beginning, I was... Uh... I guess, aching for our payday. So that's why uh, I was eager for December first to come, but <laughs> that maybe contribute, yeah, to the brevity of November, which only has thirty days compared to others, like December. We got a full thirty one. Um, well, this is an exciting film to be discussing the 62nd film from Walt Disney Animation and uh, celebrating 100 years of, of Walt Disney Studios. Um, all right, well, uh, great job to Ariana Dubose to bring to life a new Disney princess, Asha from Rosa's. I guess she's never technically a princess. Well, I, she becomes the fairy godmother. Okay, spoiler alert. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> No, I whatever yeah, that's
1: not really a princess at all or a chief. So well, the, the new girl in town, the new girl in town.
0: OK, I guess Queen Amaya takes over technically. And then, yeah, um, King Magnifico becomes the the mirror on the wall, the magic mirror. Uh, he's trapped in a staff at this point. Um yeah, kind of funny how like the magic, you know, it's very vague. It's like he, he takes all the wishes and steals all their power. But thankfully, once he's vanquished, you know, people get their wishes back and, you know, they're not just lost forever, Thing, which is good. That's that should be how magic is. It's like, why why would it be gone forever if it's magic?
1: <laughs> what about the ones he crushed? These will be questions to take home with you after you watch the film, but. I think they got
0: him back. Didn't I mean,
1: that doesn't make any sense.
0: Wasn't he crushing them to steal their power? So basically when he gets all the wishes, it's basically like he's crushing all the, (laughs) wishes, Right.
1: Yeah. Um, But then they, then they still exist. I don't know. Because they're,
0: they're stored (laughs) on his, on his stat, on his like uh, magical hard drive (laughs) used uh, to power his uh, evil wiles uh you know his green magic his maleficent we have, magic.
1: yeah we can we can go with that i mean i think it's a plot hole but we won't end on the note of a plot a plot hole
0: it's magic it's it's fine it's uh it, it's like what's a, there there's some examples of like characters who kind of get revived uh, i don't know e- even like olaf at the end of frozen 2 like he gets to come back to life once uh elsa or, really uh, yeah, exactly. Um, what what was the, what is the thing that allows Elsa to unfreeze in unfreeze? Frozen I'm Two? Not... She's down in the hole. Oh, do the next right thing. um Oh, they break the dam. Yes, yeah. Remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a very memorable movie. With that movie, I can remember a lot more details which is crazy because
0: yeah it was years ago the deus ex machina in that film you know perhaps one of the criticisms uh that were most prominent including like okay she's awakened they break because they break the dam and you know orders restored their or balance is restored to nature and then uh, you know miraculously she's able to ride the horse to arendelle and shield the castle from getting destroyed uh <laughs> it would have been kind of fun to see the the natural outcome of the the disaster or whatever but uh oh well, wait for frozen <laughs> frozen three will be rated pg-13 give us yeah give it, then we'll see we'll see do. it
1: all fall apart and 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 hopefully rebuild but but we still have a lot of time before that one comes out so we we'll...
0: in frozen four yeah <laughs> Uh, sorry I, I've been hijacking this episode it's, I treat this like a uh, rented racehorse I'm so sorry
1: <laughs> No, it's good cut the recording tell everyone we had a good night and I can chat with you when you're done
0: yeah exactly uh, so thank you once again uh, when you wish upon a star uh, <laughs> with, doesn't matter who you are when you wish upon a star your dreams come true I kind of uh, forgot uh,
1: that song had words, because you know. I'm always used to hearing like the instrumental.
0: Like a hope out of the blue, face steps in and sees you through. Yes, on when you wish upon a star, uh your dreams
1: come. Uh, oh yeah, they go high. Cool.
0: <laughs> At the very end, I forgot. Uh, that. <laughs> oh, All right. Shoot. Well, yep. Yeah, uh, Have a magical day, have a wonderful week. Warm hugs.
1: Warm hugs.